0: A bit of a mess, but that's new. Is it good, brother? Okay. If you'd turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8. Says, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, since ye are dull dull of hearing, or seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not to, not of strong meat for everyone that useth strong meat is skill, is un, i'm sorry every that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he is a babe but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age even to those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil let's pray thank you lord for your word thank you for this time we get to share together bless your word to our hearts uh, help us all lord to be helped of you led of you, and uh, please incline our hearts unto your ways. Please teach us now and bless uh, everyone here tonight, and uh, those who can't be here or those who are feeling ill, uh, pray for your help and healing for each one, and uh, for uh, uh, Catherine and many others who have lost loved ones, we pray you please be with them in a great way. Bless your word to our hearts, help us with now, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. The name of this message is Strength, Faith, and Glory. And the premise of it is that we are meant, every, every child of God, everyone who's been born again, we are meant to grow. We are not meant to become a child of God, a, a born-again believer as a babe in Christ, and then stay the, as a babe in Christ. We are meant to grow. We are, grow. we are meant to grow from a babe to spiritual adolescence and spiritual adulthood and spiritual um, becoming a soldier for Christ. And, uh, and every one of us, I think, I think it's probably not uncommon with believers that people begin to look at, look at where I've grown from where I used to be. I am, I am not that babe that I once was, and I'm, I'm now this person. You know, you might say a Sunday school teacher, or I, I come to church three times a week. I know there's a time in my life where I was so impressed that I came to church three times a week. Thought everybody else should be impressed that I came to church three times a week. So anyway, the point is, is that we should never be content— that I have grown some in the Lord. What the Bible teaches us and, uh, and, and what we're going to look at here is that we are meant to grow from strength to strength, from faith to faith, glory to glory. So let's look at this. My first point is that the scriptures teach plainly that we as children and servants should be growing, not just from babes to adolescents, et cetera, but growing from faith to faith. And so the faith that we had, to believe in Jesus Christ and become a Christian and be saved. That's wonderful. Thank God for that. I, I, if only more people would believe and set out on the road of following Jesus Christ. But it's not enough simply to believe. You know, I think that sometimes as Christians we're guilty of, I, I, I can't speak for anyone else. I only know that I, oh, you find out someone's saved. Oh, thank God they're saved. Amen. That's, that's true. <laughs> but we all need to grow. We all need to grow, and so uh, uh, just a certain. Uh, and so the the the, the, the sub headline of this message is redlining and low gears. Now I, I'm someone who's I have a manual, and <laughs> you know whether it's be when you when you stick it and it doesn't quite go into gear and, <laughs> and it makes a horrible sound, or you don't you're waiting too late because I've, I've done this before where I'm reaching all over the truck trying to get then I'm still in too low a gear and the. And the gear is going. Has anybody else done this before? or Know what I'm talking about? Well, it just sounds so uncomfortable. You know, I've got to get this thing in gear. But can you imagine Christians doing the same things? In other words, you you're meant to grow in the Lord. You're meant to advance in faith, not so that you can say I've advanced. Not so you can say, look at me. I'm. It's not about that at all. But we as chi- as children of God, just like our own children. It's na- only natural to grow, and if they're not growing, there's something wrong. Amen. If you have a child and he's not growing, I have a grandson, and, and when he was born, they said he had he had different challenges uh, with his growth, and so they've they've done different things to ensure his growth that he continues to get stronger, healthier. He was what was he in the bottom percentile at the beginning, and na- that. Well, he's, he's advanced in some areas, but in others, he's, he's not advancing. Anyway, the point is, is that people are concerned. Okay, there's something wrong. Find it, Let's find out what it is. Let's make the necessary changes because it's paramount that that child be able to grow. Let me tell you, it is far more important, far more important in the sense of spiritual things to grow. It is not. There's so many people that it's, it's people's perspective. Oh, it's religion that's elective. No, relationship with God is paramount. Because if you're, if you're healthy and you're paying the bills, from a human perspective, hey man, you're a, you're, a, you're a producing member of society. From a perspective of God, from God's perspective, it's paramount that your relationship with God be what it is meant to be. And anything else is a poor substitution at best. So just as certain gears are meant for certain conditions... In other words, certain speeds. (laughs) So there's some different things we can look at this. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 through 17. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So you become a Christian, you become a child of God, and God has made all things new. Glory to God, that's wonderful. Our perception also needs to change. We need to see things the way God teaches us to see things. Brother Masood and I were talking about how so many things about life often are God has to unteach me things. And then teach me the right things. (laughs) And here I am as a 55-year-old man, I still have God doing that for me teaching me to unlearn some things and then teach me the right things. And the thing is, is, is you see this in verse 17 again, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. There are things that God can reveal to us now where we are, but there's more. There is more that God wishes to show everybody in this room than what he's already showed us up until this point. And listen, the Bible is, couldn't be clearer that there are treasures that God wants to impart to us. And again, from this fleshly perspective, everything about religion is just elective. It's just, it's just fancy religious stuff, but it's not true. I'm, I'm so thankful for so many times in the Bible that God pulls the veil back and allows you to see what is actually happening that we can't see with human eyes. And the thing is, is God is imparting things to those who are willing to be taught by God. And thank God for this verse. The righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. What we have now is, so, is, is not as, as great, as wonderful as what God intends to deal to us or show to us. Or teach us. And the thing is, is for us to receive what He has for us, some greater treasure, some greater spiritual strength, wisdom, He has to grow us from where we are to where He wants us to be. And so um, <clears throat> in Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 17 through 18, now the Lord is that spirit, and when the spirit of the, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Let me see that again. Say that again. Now, the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. As we seek his face, as we look for him, look for his teaching, look for his wisdom, look for his guidance in our life. The Bible says this thought. But we all with open face beholding as in the glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. Now every Christian in this room should desire that God make me less like the person that I was. And make me more like Jesus Christ. That is how this world will be most profited. Is if I change more into the image of Christ. And only God can do that. Only God can take me from the man I am now to the man he wants me to be. And be more like Jesus Christ. One thing is necessary for me though, willingness. I I have to want God to change me. And I have to seek his face. and The wonderful thing, I I just thank God for this, that we all with an open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. So uh, Psalm 84, verse 5 through 7 says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well, the rain also filling the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. The blessing of the Lord imparting strength and going from strength to strength. That's God's plan for everybody, every one of us. I don't know about you. I know I feel very unstrong. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually a word. I feel pretty unstrong day by day. I feel pretty unprepared for life on many days. And yet the, the answer is the same. For every one of us, God's strength is what I need for the day. God's wisdom is what I need for the day. And the wonderful news about all this is God is prepared to make us stronger in him, to, to reveal his son in us. Thank God for David and the picture that he is of a man that God can use. And what does God say of David? He's a man after my own heart. Listen, God can do that in my life too. And in your life, we look at at David, we look at Abraham, we look at Moses, these men of God that God used in great ways. Listen, God is not limited to only working through people in the past. He is ready to use every one of us in this room to do things that we could never even imagine. I hope everybody's with me here. There are things that God is ready to do in my life, and in your lives that we could not even imagine, our our job is to seek for Him to do those things. Believe that He can. It is a let me tell you, it is a wrong proposition. It's a wrong pr- perspective to believe God or believe only God was working in the lives of those people long ago. I mean, let me tell you, I I love and I'm thankful for the for the truths that I read in the Bible and the amazing things that God did when he parted the Red Sea. Can I get an amen? Is that pretty awesome that God parted the Red Sea? Let me tell you, God is doing greater things still. He is still doing great things. I think we should be very careful not to minimize what God can do, either right now in anybody's life or more specifically in my life. We need to understand that He is the potter, and I am the clay. If God wants to do some great thing in me, that is up to him. But I do need to lay my life at his feet and say, Lord, you do what you want with Brett. Make Brett into the man you want him to be, and let it be for his glory. So my second point is, we expect growth from our children, both in stature and maturity. There are ways of measuring spiritual growth by maturity and bearing fruit. So Matthew 13, verse 23. But he that received the seed, and so this is the parable of the seed and the sower. But he that received the seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. God can do great things in people's lives, so we bring forth fruit a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Psalm 92, verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God they shall still be bring, bring they shall still bring forth fruit in old age they shall be fat and flourishing as we get older in our society people begin to dismiss you <laughs> and this is God's, God's God's retirement plan is being growing in the Lord up until the day God takes us home. Thank God for some of the examples, like, like Moses. He's 120 years old, and his eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. He was a strong man for God up until the day God took him. You know God can do that in my and your life now? My life is in his hands. You know, the, the wonderful thing is, I think it's 1 John, that says, if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. And so I say, Lord, make me your man today. Lord, help me to grow from where I am to where you want me to be. These are all things that are his will. That's what he says he wants for us. And so when I say, Lord, please do that in me, I read that. I believe it's true. Please do that in me. Make me strong in the Lord. Make me grow from where I am to where you want me to be. And God is the doer of these things. Our place is to simply have faith. Number three, God has a right to look into our lives and expect growth and fruit. Again, I can't tell you how many times where I or someone else I've known have been saying, look at me, I've grown in the Lord. Amen. Thank God. But we need to keep growing. We need to grow further. Luke chapter 12, verse 48. This is the louder part of that verse. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. Luke chapter 13, verse 6. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it, and if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. God has a right to expect us to bear fruit. Because God has invested in us. Every one of us, God has invested. His own son gave his life to save me from my sins. And in that, in that that purchasing of me i'm now his i don't belong to me and again this is this is a new paradigm and every believer needs to get there my life is not my life it belongs to him to do with as he pleases the very best thing i can do for me and my family and my brothers and sisters is to submit my life to his will that's what's most important lord help me be your man and the thing is, again, I think many Christians fail to realize that God expects us to bear fruit. And and, and then it says also, uh, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Not some fruit, much fruit. If God's not content with us bearing some fruit, we shouldn't be content either. Amen? Come on, it's after lunch. Amen. <laughs> If God's not content with me me bearing some fruit, then I shouldn't be either. I need to ask God to continue working in me, that he get glory and praise growing and fruit in my life. We should never be content with where we are in our growth uh, any more than should a 12-year-old be content that he is not a toddler. No. And you talk to a 12-year-old, man, they can't wait for 15. The 15-year-old cannot wait for 18 The 18-year-old cannot wait for 21, and so forth. Now, I'm 55. (laughs) Let me just tell you, I am not saying I can't wait for 56. (laughs) It is what it is, though, you know? (laughs) Um, And so, anyway, the point is, is that we are to grow. I'll tell you this, though, about being 55. God expects me to be wiser this year than I was last year and going forward. God expects me to be the man he, he, he has invested in me to be. And let me tell you, as far as God's investments go, these are not iffy things. God has invested his son to save me, but also the Holy Spirit lives within. And I am sealed into the day of redemption. Glory to God. And the Bible says he's my comforter and teacher. I am equipped with all that I need, all that I need to grow in the image of God. To grow from strength to strength, from faith to faith, and from glory to glory, God is—he's invested everything in me, just like you see in this in, a, in the parable about the uh, the certain man with the fig tree. He had done everything necessary, and the ground was good. All that was needed was, or all that was waiting for was fruit. Listen, God has every right to look in every one of our hearts and one of every one of our lives and say, "Is this?" This child of mine, bearing fruit like he should be, or she should be, we should be concerned about that. <laughs> so, in First Corinthians chapter nine, it's a, this is Paul speaking. He says, "Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain." Again, not every believer is running. Not every believer is aware that he's in a race. A lot of people are just chilling, <laughs> just coasting through the Christian. I, I know I was for a long time, saved as a seven-year-old boy. But I did not live for God for many years, many years. And it's the grace and mercy of God that he, that he, that he kept investing in me, that he kept. But anyway, my, my point is, is I am aware now that I am in a race. <laughs> I am aware now that there is a spiritual battlefield all about me, and the you know the Bible's filled with exhortations about being sober, be vigilant. You can't afford to go through life not being sober, not being vigilant. Philippians chapter three verse thirteen, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do: forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, it touches on one thing that's very important. If you want to grow in the Lord, seek it. Because if you seek it, God will do it. The Bible says you seek the Lord, you will be drawn nigh unto him. Draw nigh unto God, he will what? Draw nigh unto you. The key part of that equation is it starts, I mean, God's already willing. God wants to have a close relationship with everybody in this room. But what's hindering that relationship is on my end. (laughs) I need to draw nigh unto God. And as I do, he draws nigh unto me. It's so extraordinary, folks. I think religion has dulled many people's understanding because God desires a close relationship with every one of us. He desires a, a magnificent, extraordinary work in minding your lives for his glory and honor. Not so that we can become somebody, but so God's glory could be produced in my life. And I thank God for that promise. He is ready to do it. He is ready to do these things. So my last point is this, just to consider this, the Lord Jesus had many followers, but all were not disciples. He had chosen his his disciples, but not all were those that the Lord shared his greatest blessings with, the transfiguration, many extraordinary miracles, and his most fervent hour of prayer. So he had... Peter, James, and John. And there were many times that the Lord Jesus took Peter, James, and John. And he took them with them as he, and the Mount of Transfiguration, something no other of the, of the apostles saw, where he went up to the mountain, and they were, I don't know if they thought they were on a field trip or what, but, but the Lord Jesus was transformed. He was transfigured in front of them. And in that meeting, they saw Moses and Elijah talking with the Lord Jesus About what was coming. And Peter and James and John. Peter was overcome. He didn't even know what to say. He said let's make three tents here. One for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. (laughs) The Bible says because he wist not what to say. And then they heard this voice. This is my beloved son. Hear him. You know you and I have been given great privilege. I've thought about this many times. What What if I had been born somewhere else, I had a neighbor, I had a neighbor that came, and their kids started talking to me about the Lord Jesus, and then their dad shared Christ with me, told me the story of the the gospel, and I got saved, what if I'd been born somewhere else, Mexico, Russia, wherever, you know, the thing is, is I have been given great privilege, extraordinary privilege, and we as Americans are, are very blessed. And those of us who know Jesus Christ as our Savior are the most blessed. No question about it. You know, folks, it's it's very important for us to understand that this life, it's not, it's not for me. It's for the Lord's work, for his glory, for his for his whatever he wants to accomplish. <clears throat> And of those closest to the Lord, so we we talked about not all were follow, but all the followers were disciples, and of of his disciples, uh not all those were things that, that he'd shared his most these these extraordinary things with and his most fervent hour of prayer. You think about the Garden of Gethsemane, where he asked those three closest disciples to come with him and pray with him. Watch with me one hour, he said. And he kept coming back to them and they were sleeping. And the point is is that the Lord was sharing something very special, that he took them with him in his most fervent hour of prayer. The Lord Jesus sweat great drops of blood, the Bible says, in anticipation of what was coming, I believe. You know, the Lord has done so much for us, each one of us. We're so privileged to be a child of God, and we're privileged that he should do all of these great things in our lives. It's, it's appropriate for us to lay our lives down for him, to say, Lord, I'm yours. I don't belong to me. I need you to do what you want to in me. Help me that I be willing. Change my heart. Change my mind. Make me a willing vessel for you to do everything that you want to do in my life. Of those that that were closest to him, only one rested uh, rested on his bosom, to whom the Lord Jesus entrusted the care of his mother. Of those three, John laid his head on the Lord Jesus' breast. And there at the cross, right before he died, John gave his mother into his care. It's, a, it's an extraordinary thing to think about someone willing to draw nigh into God, willing to be close to the Lord Jesus. and God's going to do things in that life that he's not going to show. He, he's going to show them things, do things that he hasn't done for anybody else. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 3, this is where we'll finish. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. If you guys forget my voice. For this cause, I bow my knees into the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints, what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end, amen. Now let me encourage you, if you'd like to go back and reread that, because I like to read along. Uh, as, as things are being told to me, but Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, I recommend you read that again and understand that God is not content with us being saved or just growing somewhat. He wants fullness, fullness of blessings, fullness of growth, fullness of fruit. That's what he desires for everybody in this room. And by the way, we need to encourage each other. We need to encourage each other to live for God, live towards God. And uh, so my last thought is this. From salvation to obedience to service to world changers, we must ask God to help us to change to the next gear. God can do these things, everything we've talked about. It's important for us to want those changes. Lord, do your great work in my life, and he's, he's going to do that, let's go ahead and close in prayer, thank you Lord for your grace, and your faithfulness to us, thank you Lord for calling us to be your people, to call us to, to be your disciples, calling us to, to draw very close to you, and uh, and we pray that you'd help us Lord, to draw nigh unto you, and, and be changed into your image, and I pray that You help us to live for you, live for the life with you to come, and uh, not be enamored by the world. The world tends to captivate us and draw us away. But we pray that you help us to be enamored with you and to be captivated by our our lives with you. We thank you for everyone here tonight. Please bring us home safe and bless each one according to the need. And play, again, we pray for Catherine and, and others who have lost loved ones. We pray for your mighty hand of comfort and peace and blessings upon them. And again, thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.